Well, good morning, Firewall Bible Fellowship. How are we today? Oh, we're going to have to work on that. Good morning, Firewall Bible Fellowship. How are we today? Yeah, we are together. We made it here. We didn't have to, to uh, ski here, which is nice. And uh, it's been a crazy week, but I'm so grateful that we are able to come together this morning. I've been looking forward to Sunday. And it's this opportunity where we as believers, we gather together. And, and there are so many things in this world that can easily divide us and separate us. But it is Christ who brings us together. And those things become lesser. And Christ becomes central. Amen? So Lord Jesus, we rejoice in our salvation today. And we are so grateful that we get to come together to see the power uh, of you at work uh, and the lives of those who are going to be baptized this morning. We rejoice in that. We rejoice in the opportunity to come together as believers to sing and to pray and to bring you our life. You have created us for together. And you've restored that, Jesus. Through your death on the cross, your burial, and your resurrection, you've You've given us true life by faith. Today we rejoice in our salvation together, here in person, and for those of us at home. We love you, Jesus. Let's say it together. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Let's sing together. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. Everybody please rise. In the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of a storm. When the solid ground is falling out from underneath my feet, between the black skies and my red eyes, I can barely see. And when I realize I've been sold out by my friends and my family, I can feel the rain reminding me. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. And in the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me. When my hopes and dreams are far from me and I'm running out of faith, I see the future I picture slowly fade away. And when the tears of pain and heartache are pouring down my face, I find my peace in Jesus' name. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. Feel the rain reminding me 
shall have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Yeah, yeah. So for everyone who doesn't know Tiffany, this is Tiffany Bradley. She is an amazing singer, and we welcome her to our worship team. For those who don't know her, Caleb is her husband. They have two little girls, adorable girls, and um, they've been coming to the church for a long time. We're so happy to have her. And, and a selfish plug, since I was able to do that, um, we welcome any singers, any musicians who would like to come up here and join us. We're a great group. We are all different talent levels. We love to worship. We love to worship with you guys. This is what we do. We have people back there running sound, AV guys doing graphics and the camera and the lights. Anybody interested in doing any of that, serving in that capacity, please let me know. We would love to have you. Yeah.
Oh 
We will adore the Lord. Please be seated this morning. Uh, one of the more uh, significant moments in a believer's life, we, we're going to witness. And I say witness, we're going to participate in, really. Um, I remember the day I was baptized, September 9th, 2001, is uh, really a, a day in my life where um, I made a decision. See, I'd invited Jesus into my life, and, and he had grabbed a hold of me. Uh, but September 9th was the day where I made the commitment that I was going to follow him. And uh, I entered into the pool, and uh, I was prayed over, and I was, I, was, I was taught through the experience of what the water symbolizes. You know, this is symbolic uh, of something very, very significant. I read to you uh, out of the Gospels, Mark uh, chapter 10, uh, starting in verse 32, they were on the road going up to Jerusalem. They were on the road uh, to the cross. And Jesus, taking his disciples aside, he said, See, we're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man, speaking of himself, will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles, condemned by his people, crucified by the Gentiles, and they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise. And so this morning in front of us, this is a, a very, very tangible picture of the gospel. The water is symbolic of Christ's death. In a moment, you are going to see those who are making this, this public profession to follow Jesus. They're going to be lowered into the water, and that is symbolic of being lowered into the grave with Christ. There is a, a sense, a true tangible sense, where what, what preceded is, is now being buried with Christ. And because Christ has risen from the dead, uh, the person will be raised up out of the water, this picture of starting this new life, of following Christ, buried with Christ and raised to walk and newness of life. Well, this morning, there are, are two who are being baptized. I'd like to invite up Chelsea. Come on up. And Jace. And what is so cool this morning is, is we have someone who is, is very, very young, 11. And then we have someone who's just a little bit older. <laughs> and, um, but equally significant. You know, and uh, I'm going to tell you, Chelsea, come on up here. I'm going to tell you just a little bit. Chelsea gave her life to Jesus in August. And it has been an amazing journey. And, and uh, if you have opportunity, get to know this lady. She's got an incredible testimony. And has been hungry and, and desiring to grow spiritually. And she contacted me and she goes, I want to be baptized. I'm ready to take this next step. And uh, so we get to do that as a community of believers with you. Chelsea, come on in. And I'd like to welcome Chelsea's family. I'm glad you all are here today. Chelsea, is it your testimony that you've received the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we pray over our sister. This is a significant day in her spiritual journey, and we join along with her 
and her testimony of receiving you, Jesus, to live for you and to follow you. We as a community of believers join her in that prayer of rejoicing and of surrender, this joy of our salvation, and this beautiful reminder, this testimony of Chelsea who is willing to say, yes, Lord, I will follow you. I publicly profess my faith in you. And Lord Jesus, that stirs in us a greater faith. And so we rejoice with her today. Chelsea, it is my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ, raised to walk in newness of life. Yeah, dude. Yeah. There are many days that are significant, but February 21st, 2021... For Chelsea, it's going to mean something else entirely, won't it? It's a significant day. All right, Jace, come on up. This is Jace and his mom, Ashley. So Jace is 11, and he has been wanting to be baptized, I, I want to say, for the past couple of years. And uh, he has received Jesus as his Savior. And he came into my office, that would be a few months back, wasn't it? And we talked about his faith. And I want to tell you that at 11, he has a fervency in his faith that should inspire all of us to greater faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Ashley is doing an amazing job uh, raising her kids and uh, doing it as a single mom. And she has such a passion for her faith to be her kids' faith and raising her children in the Lord. And so we're going to join together as a family, and we're going to pray for this wonderful family. Lord Jesus, we rejoice in the work that you are doing, the power of your presence in your spirit. Lord Jesus, that you have powerfully worked in Ashley's life. Lord, you have uh, called her to a responsibility that is, that is far exceedingly greater than ever she felt possible to be able to do. But Lord, you continue to empower her and you continue to love through her these wonderful kids and her passion that they would grow up in the faith. And we rejoice today in Jace and his life, Lord Jesus. You have such a profound calling on his life and his passion and his fervency for you, Jesus, encourages us all in our faith. And so, Lord, today as he makes this public proclamation to follow you, we make a public proclamation to walk alongside of Jason, this family, to support and to encourage, to cheer on and to champion. And we pray in the days to come that, Lord, more and more, your grace and your goodness would wash over this family in your presence, Lord Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Jace, is it your testimony you've received the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? then I guarantee it's your mom's privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ, raised to walk in new life. All right, who's next? You know, I always say that. But honestly, who's next? Who's ready to prioritize their faith? Who's ready to say, you know what? I've lived for myself long enough. 
and I recognize what Jesus has done for me, and I'm going to make the commitment to lay down my life, and I am going to follow Christ. So if that is you today, don't walk out of here without making a commitment, saying, you know what? I am going to follow Jesus. And the next time that tub is up on the stage, I'm getting in it. Amen? All right. Hello, Firewheel. Woo! We made it through another week. Now that the weather is starting to warm up again, it's a good time to start thinking about golf. March 27th at 8 a.m., we will be having a golf tournament with all proceeds going to the Children's and Youth Ministry. The cost is $60 and includes lunch and prizes. Sign up in the lobby or online under the Giving tab. The last day to sign up is March 17th. For more info, contact Keegan McCarthy at keeks80 at gmail.com. There is something for everyone Wednesday nights here at Firewheel. Firewheel Kids for birth through fifth grade, Engaged Student Ministries for middle school and high school, and Men's and Women's Bible Studies, which are currently combined for a special study. All of these groups begin at 7 p.m. Wednesday nights at Firewheel. There is so much going on in our lives today, and we would like to be in prayer with you. Immediately following the 11 a.m. service, the prayer room is open and some of our prayer team ready to pray with you. Prayer cards are also available and can be dropped into one of the offering boxes, or you can go online to the front page of the website. Click on the prayer request graphic and fill out the form. The staff, elders, and prayer warriors pray over all requests received. For more information on anything Firewheel, go online to firewheelfellowship.com, or you can always check us out on social media. All right, let's open our Bibles. Everybody say word. word. All right, let's open the word. Okay, well, let's just do this. We're going to have to start here. I want you guys to start with some finger exercises, just like this. Okay, guys, ready? Up, down. Maybe like single finger. Okay, we've got to keep our fingers nimble today. We're going to be hopping around in the Bible. So kind of move those fingers around. We're going to start in the book of Genesis. We're going to be Genesis 2, Genesis 3, Genesis 11, Ephesians chapter 2, and Luke chapter 22. But you'll see as we go through the passages this morning. So we were made for it. Sin has distorted it. Jesus restores it. What am I speaking about this morning? Well, as we begin this new series called Together, you could probably piece it together, that we're going to talk about Together. It is one of the most significant words uh, and important words in the English Language. I would say in any language, conceptually the most important thing in our life. And really, if we're going to talk about the church at all, together is going to be a very important focus and topic. Together is, is defined in many different ways. There's words that, that kind of get the idea across, close, united, connected. I'm going to add in their life. Together is life. The opposite of together would be separate, apart, alone, death. Webster defines together with or in proximity to another person or people. It's like this week when we were at Walmart, right? When we were stripping the shelves bare. I mean, even of the fruits and vegetables, which I think is crazy because we don't really eat a lot, whole, a lot of fruits and vegetables, but it takes, it takes a total storm. And we're like, I'll eat broccoli. 
what is that, kale? We were in proximity to one another. Together can mean also in companionship or close association with one another, right? Like that is the experience of family, of a husband and a wife, of a mom and a dad and brothers and sisters and neighbors and, and boyfriends and girlfriends, coworkers. We come together for stuff. We come together for holidays. Or, or for, for things like the Super Bowl, like we come together. We come together to watch our kids play sports as, as parents gather together in the bleachers to cheer their kids on. The word together, it, it speaks of a shared experience. We are going through COVID what? Together, that's right. We just went through Snowmageddon. Together. <laughs> in fact, one of our more common statements during crisis is, we will get through this together. In fact, we got to experience together. So obviously, we had power outages at our house, and I'm not going to lament. Uh, it, was, it was about 12, 15 hours. Some of us were without power for multiple days. On Tuesday, I got to wake up, uh, and, and apparently, uh, it was decreed that our house was going to be an ice skating rink, and so our pipes burst. And, and flooded the downstairs, but we were able to get it, turn off the water. But here's what's crazy. We shared about it, and, and immediately people came together. A friend came over to the house, and, and we cut all the piping out and capped it and got our water back on, and people were reaching out to us via phone calls and text messages and, and social media posts and Facebook, and, and we were like, oh, my gosh. We, feel, we just felt loved. There's a together in crisis. And that's a beautiful thing. In fact, we're going to come to see this morning that we've in fact been created for it. We have been created for together. But we're also going to see that sin has distorted together. But the miracle is that Jesus has restored it. And so first, we, we look into the scriptures in Genesis chapter 2. We were, we were created by God for together. God is the author of it. In fact, together expresses uh, the divine nature of the Godhead. God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three persons, one essence together. We, in fact, were created to be together with God. We've been created in the likeness of God, in the image of God. Male and female, he created them. We were created for together. And, and one of the most poignant passages, really, of, of togetherness and the need for togetherness is as you read through Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we see God creating the celestial realm and the terrestrial realm and everything that fills it. And God crafts man like a divine artisan and breathes into him the breath of life and everything is good. As you read through Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, and God saw that it was good. It's a repeating refrain. Everything God had created was good. And then all of a sudden we get to, to chapter 2, verse 18, and all of a sudden something isn't good. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be what? Alone. Family, we were created for together. We were created for it. 
And, and God, there's this, this procession of animals that we read about in verses 19 through 20. Like all of these animals are, are passing before Adam and he's naming all of the animals. We're still doing that today, right? Like I heard they just recently found life like 3,000 feet below ice or whatever. And they're like, what is it? I don't know. Let's name it. Like we still do this. We found something in the sky. Let's name it. But as, as Adam is naming and these animals are passing by, there, there were these animals they had together. And he realized, he comes to the conclusion that God already knew. In verse 20, that there was no helper fit for him. He didn't have together. That God had created man with a need that could not be met through the animals. Like people say, you know what, I love my dogs more than I love people. And when we say that, it's because we've been hurt by people. Because there is something that an animal cannot fulfill in us. Yes, it's awesome. I love my dog. I, dogs. I have two. I love one more than the other. Don't tell them. <laughs> but who doesn't love a lab, right? I mean, they're just, ah, I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy to see you. I was like, I was just outside for two minutes. I'm so happy to see you. And then we have a dachshund. Tammy, I'm sorry. We're, I, don't, I know Tammy. We love our dachshunds, but he piddles and pees on everything. Anyway, there's something about the dogs that they're really enjoyable, but they don't, they don't meet that need. And the stars and, and all of the creation and the trees and everything, the planet life, Adam was utterly alone, but he was surrounded. There was a need that even in the presence of God that wasn't being met. And in really one of the most beautiful pictures of together, Genesis chapter 2, verse 21, so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. The first surgery, God takes a chunk, says while he slept, the Lord took one of his ribs, really his side, and closed up its place with flesh. And from that, the Lord God had taken, he made uh, from man into woman. Man was made from dirt, woman from bone and flesh, a far more refined substance. That's why, ladies, you are far more refined. Amen? Amen. Amen. Sorry, guys. <laughs> We're made from dirt. And I just <laughs> but listen to what happens. You ever been smitten? Like in love. Like whatever that spell is cast over us. And even the non-poets among us start breaking into poetry and song. Roses are red, violets are blue. I'm not a good poet, but I love you. <laughs> this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She's stuff of my stuff. She's my together. And then we read this gnomic statement that therefore a man shall leave his father and mother. What does that speak of? The together of family and hold fast to his wife, the together of marriage, and they shall become one flesh. There was this oneness in the marriage, but then there would be the togetherness of the oneness is expressed in children and then would flow families and society and it'd be this building of, of togetherness, together, together, and together with God. And then I love this final statement that often makes uh, the junior hires snicker. Verse 25, and the man and his wife were both naked. There is no more uncomfortable outfit that we all wear, right? Like, and, and they were not ashamed. Like it wasn't a bad thing. They were exposed. 
They, they were completely vulnerable. But it was a good thing. Because they were safe. And there was nothing to hide. There was nothing between them. They were truly together. Family, this is the purest picture of together that we find anywhere in the early scriptures. And there, there's only one together that actually is exceedingly greater than that. We were made for together. But what happens in the next chapter? Together is broken. We know the story, right? Like the serpent slithers in. Three statements that God really say, no, God knows when you eat of it, you're not going to die. You're going to be like God, knowing good and evil, even though the Lord had told man, if you eat of this tree, you will die. And all of a sudden, they start salivating for forbidden things. And we see in chapter 3, verses 6 and 7, she took of its fruit and ate, and she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate, and then their eyes were opened. And then they knew they were naked, and all of a sudden, naked became a bad thing. They were exposed and ashamed. Sin had distorted together, and then all of a sudden they're, they're taking leaves and they're covering themselves and they're making loincloths, they're covering up their shame. And this is the first time in human history where, where man was together, man and woman were together, but they were separate. You ever been together in your marriage but separate? Those moments where you're occupying the same piece of real estate but you could not be further apart? Have you ever experienced together but separate in friendships and family and relationships where there should be an intimacy of relationship, but there's like a coldness and a separation and a dividing? How about among believers where there was once this sweet communion and joy of fellowship, and then all of a sudden you see that person at the chip aisle and you're like, I was going this way actually. Together but separate. That is, that is the best description. And then they were together but separate from God. Look at verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. It's speaking of this, like, this beautiful relationship and intimacy, God with man. And, and then all of a sudden they hide. Never had they hidden from God. And so we see the picture naked, covered, hiding. Naked, covered, hiding, and together would all from then on be twisted and distorted by sin. And we see it like page after page. Cain kills Abel, then the Lamech, and just this, this distorted and twistedness. And then by Genesis chapter 6, like utter wickedness. Every thought, every intention of man's heart was utter wickedness all the time. And God's like, I've had enough. I've got to cleanse the earth. And there was, a, there was a flood, but humanity preserved through four couples. Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth and their, and their spouses, and they come through the flood. But again, the family is distorted. The culture is distorted. Together is twisted. And in no place in Scripture do we see it more clearly in the early chapters than in Genesis chapter 11. It is the last time that humanity was all together, and it was not a good thing. I go off and hear people say, oh, we'll just bring the whole world together. Do you want to know what would bring the whole world together right now? 
utter rebellion. The whole world joins together in chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. I say that what would bring the world together apart from Christ, total rebellion. Now the whole earth, verse 1, had one language and the same words. They all spoke the same, the same language, and as the people migrated, they found a plane, and they were like, hey, you know what we should do? This will be a great idea. It says in verse 3, they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens. We don't need God. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed. Do you all see right here in Genesis 11 that it's literally riddled with the language of together? But what are they together doing? Rebelling. Utter rebellion. And had God not intervened at this moment, humanity would have been lost forever. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, listen to this, behold, they are one people. They have one language. This is only a beginning of what they will do. It's only going to get worse. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us. The togetherness of God. Let us go down there and confuse their language so they may not understand one another's speech. And so in verse 9, it says, Therefore it's called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them all over the earth. All of a sudden, the languages were multiplied, and there were different dialects, and all of a sudden, people didn't understand each other, and they started hearing people that, that spoke like they did, and they kind of migrated over here, and they kind of went east, and these people kind of went west, and, and north, and then south, and then all of a sudden, humanity was together but separate. We still experience the effects of Genesis 11 today. We're together but separate. We always find a way to, to separate ourselves. Uh, and it, it's, in, it's in silly things, right? Like we're together but separate, right? Like some people are Cowboys fans and, and other people are Packers fans and now all of a sudden there's a bunch of Buccaneer fans, right? <laughs> How about politically? We don't find any reason to separate over politics, do we? I can't think of anything more unifying. Last night, we had a group of kids over at our house, and my wife loved my wife. And she was just wanting to, to encourage and give the kids an option of, of choosing, and so we had about 11 youth in our house. And she goes, what kind of pizza do you want? There were 11 answers. <laughs> All at the same time. There, there's, a, there's a humor, but then there's also a reality about it. Because we are together, but we're separate. But something, something significant has happened. 
where there is division, there's all of a sudden unity. Where there was once hostility, there's now peace. See, I'm willing to bet, like, if I, if I walked around and we all kind of interviewed each other, we'd find hundreds of reasons to not spend time together. The church is filled with a group of people that wouldn't normally mix. We're from differing backgrounds, differing perspectives. We all have different philosophies of life, but what brings us together? Like, there's something that is, that is far more unifying, so much more significant than anything else that everything else becomes lesser unimportant. We set it aside. It's the cross. The cross is where the division and the walls are torn down. The cross, it speaks to, to every part of earth, to every person on earth. There was a unifying through the cross. So we turn to Ephesians chapter 2. See, I told you, you got to keep the fingers nimble. Mm -hmm. Starting in verse 14, for he, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, for he, who is he? For he is our what? Our peace. He is the Irene. He is our peace. And that is not just that, that we, God is at peace with us. That is true through the cross. God is at peace with us. And we are at peace with God. But there's also a peace between people that through Jesus, through his death, he has made us both one. And in the context, what, what is being written about is the dividing of Jew and Gentile. And, the, and there was no greater division or hostility between two people, people groups. There were the, the Jews, and then there was the rest of the world, and there was this dividing wall between them. And through his flesh, the dividing wall of hostility was taken down, abolishing the law, the commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself, what? One new man or one new person, not speaking of a single person, but collectively a body. So making peace and that he might reconcile us both to God and one body through the cross, thereby killing the what? The cross is the hostility killer. The cross is the hostility killer. And there's so much hostility, isn't there? And so much friction in our homes, in our neighborhoods, social media. <laughs> And you know what, in our church? If we lose sight of the true together that we have in Jesus, if we allow lesser things to become the focus, then we, we lose one of the greatest gifts that we have been given in Jesus that is together. There is no hostility, there is no division, there is no conflict that the cross can't cure. And so as we chew on that, we're going to turn to a passage of unity and of togetherness. 
And it is, it is this, this symbolism of a cup and bread. And it's symbolic of Jesus' shed blood in his broken body. Where we come together around a table. So let's turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 22. And I'm going to say this right now. We will never unify over lesser things. I mean, that's insanity. And it's so troubling when lesser things become the focus. It creates hostility. But when we unify in Jesus, everything else becomes lesser. Luke chapter 22, verses 14 through 20. When his hour had come, what hour? We read about it in Mark 10, right before baptisms this morning. On the road towards Jerusalem. What was about to happen? Where was Jesus headed? To the cross. His hour had come. The hour of suffering. And he said to them, he's like, I've earnestly desired to eat this, this Passover with you before I what? I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, a cup of of common table wine. And all of a sudden, this cup becomes far more significant. And he says, take this divided among yourselves, for I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then he took bread. And he he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. He said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in what? Remembrance of me. Family, what is it that brings us together? The cross. The, the simple bread, some juice, like we come together, but it's Jesus that brings us together. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. We are a covenant people. We come together under the new covenant of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. The hostility is, is killed by the cross. And we come together, unlike any other together There was supposed to be a closeness among believers that isn't actually experienced anywhere else because we're unified not just by our physical blood, but by the blood. We're not just brought together based upon some political perspective or whatever, or we're brought together through some, I don't know, some team, some sport team or whatever. We're brought together under the shed blood of Jesus because he is our salvation. And here's what's crazy. It reverses Babel. Check this out. What language doesn't speak bread? Babel, the languages are confusing. You understand what I'm talking about? Tell me what people group on earth doesn't speak bread. And doesn't speak juice or or wine. It is a reversal. It is a restoration. It is a bringing together. And it is something we experience only through Jesus. And so this morning, we're going to experience the togetherness of communion.
And we're going to do this together. Family, I want you to look around this morning. These are your brothers and sisters in Jesus. Together. And it can be very weird right now, right? Masks, social distancing, staying home, going out. And we can feel very distant from one another. But in Jesus, we are together, even when we're apart. Paul talked about that. Letter after letter, I'm with you in spirit. Um, this morning, if you do not have a communion cup with bread, I'm a, you can raise your hand. Our guest services have them. Um, I'm going to ask today, if, if you have not received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you've not invited Jesus into your life, I'm going to ask that you keep this. I want you to have one. Okay? And, and no, you're not being singled out or people aren't going to be looking at you. But I, I want you to take this and have it. And I want you to look at it and think about it. Because this cup, it's symbolic. This, this juice is symbolic of the shed blood. The, the bread on top is symbolic of Christ's body that was broken for us on the cross. Jesus died for your sins. He was buried and he has risen from the grave. And the Bible declares that all who believe in him, trust in him, will not perish but have everlasting life. And then you become a part of God's family together. And so this morning, as we open up the communion cup, we are first going to begin with the bread. We eat together. If you could just see what I see. We are together in remembrance of Jesus' broken body. And then this morning we open the cup. You see how this brings us together? And together we drink in remembrance of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this morning and the unbelievable privilege and honor that we have to come together as brothers and sisters in you. And are you our Father in heaven, through you, Jesus, your death on the cross, your burial and your resurrection, and now in our faith, collectively, our faith together in you. As we are filled with your Holy Spirit, the unifying together around you, Jesus, in a cup and bread. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for our salvation and our life in you. We pray over the next few weeks that you create, you bring about, you, you breathe into this place a greater experience of together than we've ever had in our lives. A togetherness of believers as brothers and sisters coming together in unity 
and shared confession and profession and, and shared worship. As we gather together in your name in peace, we pray today for the restoration of marriages, for the restoration of relationships, the dividing wall of hostility, that we turn to the cross as hostility is put to death. And we are together. If you have not invited Jesus into your life, please listen. You are loved by God. So much so, he sent his only son to die on the cross for your sins. He was buried, and the Bible declares he is risen. And the Bible declares that all who believe in him, all who trust in him, will have everlasting life. If you would like to invite Jesus into your life this morning, in the quietness of your heart, tell him, Lord Jesus, I believe. I believe that you died for me. I believe you were buried, and I believe you have risen. Please, Jesus, save my life. If that is truly your heart's prayer, you have passed from spiritual death to spiritual life. You are now a son or daughter of the living God. You are brought together into the family of believers. Welcome to the family, brother or sister. You are loved. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. All right, family, we will pick back up around the communion table next week. Let's stand together. Together. Let's go into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Honor all men. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Let us share the gospel. Love and serve the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with us all. Till we meet again. Same time, same place next week. And do not forget, family, you are loved. Now let's share that love with one another and with every single person outside of these doors. Have a great week.